Hi there. I didn't see you. <sighs> now, why would you do that? Here I had this real nice <laughs> intro going, and you got to do this big, juicy sniff. I, I, I don't understand the point of that. I'm just acknowledging that I hear your complaints, our dozens of listeners, about my sniffing. Actually, the I'm couple of the dozen that I have met, it. no one's bitched about the sniffing. So, I mean, personally, I think they're just being polite. But that's just me. So before we even get started here, I want to shout out to the law offices. You know who you are. We appreciate you. We appreciate you big time. T-shirts are incoming. So, welcome, folks. Welcome. To After the Movie. And we have upgraded the setup considerably since the last time we came and saw you guys. Yeah, check out um, check out our Twitter, uh, Team Puma Knife, and we'll have a couple pictures up of the setup. The jank. We have leaned fully into the jank, booth-wise. Booth-wise. I don't think we can say we've leaned into the jank hardware-wise. No, our hardware is definitely pretty uh pretty up to snuff yeah we uh had to say goodbye to the yeti we may use it in future should we have a guest or something but as of right now we are using some lovely microphones as recommended by a fellow team puma knife member uh the captain out in vermont mr sam of the highly popular improvised weapons podcast that is called cross brand synergy there you go but we here at this humble podcast, we're, we're just after the movie, and we uh, are coming to you live. Not after really. a movie? You're, you're listening to this later. Bob the dog has left the booth. <laughs> I'm glad he can get in and out easily. I am too. I was a little worried about that, because he gets, uh, he scares easily. Oh, there you go. Oh, no, he's coming back. He is back. So any weird noises, we'll just attribute that to... Bob the dog or Bob the human's very heavy breathing. So Darth Vader is not sitting here with us. We're not about to be shivved with a lightsaber. That's just Bob the human. Yeah. <laughs> so let's take a jank-filled left turn into the trailer park. Into the trailer park. So tonight uh, we did get to the theater as the trailers were playing. Which is new for us. Yeah. It's kind of nice, actually. We were running a little late. I need. I was trying to make sure that I got all of the BBC sawed so that when we got home, all we had left to do was actually hang. Throw up some of our blankets. Blankets, because you can't use the saw. Well, personal rule, I don't use the saw after nine. Uh, we try not to be assholes to our neighbors. Yes. So, uh, yeah, we were running late. So we came in on... That must have been the first trailer, though, because we still did get a lot of trailers. Yeah, I'm thinking it was. Yeah. Uh, so we came in on Home Again, which was that Reese Witherspoon movie. Oh, where... yeah. That's right. Where she's like a 40-something, and she's like, let me get down with some like 20-year-olds. Three. Yeah. I mean, Th- hey, three. good for her. Hey, she yeah. can still pull. That, that's nice. But And then her British ex shows up. Who looks like Simon Pegg from the future. He looks like Simon Pegg from the future crossed with Patrick Dempsey. A little bit. A little bit. But yeah, I was looking and I was like, that's not Simon Pegg. It looks like Simon Pegg, but it's not Simon Pegg. So Uh, this is a movie we would probably never go see. Not a chance. No. 
No. Uh, the next on the list was Suburbicon. Well, and this I'm intrigued by because one, it's a Coen Brothers movie, mm-hmm. and Clooney's directing. Yes. So, I'm kind of all about that. Has Clooney directed before? Yeah, Clooney's directed a lot. Oh, really? He did Good Night and Good Luck. Uh, that's I was going to Loyola when that movie came out. That's like the early uh, mid aughts. It's a great movie. He did. I want to say he directed Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Clooney's directed a fair amount. Oh, okay. Just not stuff I've watched. Good Night and Good Luck's a really good movie. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's about uh, Edward R. Murrow and kind of his feud with, um, what's that fucking asshole? Uh, McCarthy from, like, the 50s. Yeah. Great, great movie. Really, really solid. I really enjoyed it. I think I was skipping class to go see that movie. Because <laughs> I had my life together when I was in college. I thought I was going to be a writer. Because I'm kind of a moron. Yeah, I thought I was going to be a doctor. Hey, we're all stupid when we're in our 20s. Um, but no, it looks good. It, it looks, looks pretty very solid. interesting. You had a Poe Dameron appearance, which is always a uh, a pleasure. Yep. That actor has a name. Oscar Isaac, that's his name, right? That's right, yeah. yeah. He's, he's Poe Dameron of my heart. Because it always comes back to Star Wars. It we're does. fat nerds. Uh, after Suburbicon, we got the arguably the worst Dark Tower trailer yet. Uh, I don't know why. They... It was kind of like cut up and kind of weird, I thought. Yeah, I don't know what the, the logic behind that was. Uh, I, I was reading something the other day that was kind of concerning, and it could uh, possibly have like a mummy effect. The mummy of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like they are so hell-bent uh, on making sure that this sets up a Stephen King universe. Oh, God, really? Yeah. See, and the crappy thing about that is a Stephen King universe could totally work. Right. Because all of his stuff... Most of his, I shouldn't say all of his stuff. We talked about this, I think, on our last podcast mm-hmm. when I was like astonished that you hadn't read any Stephen King. It's it's the kind of it, his stuff does have connective tissue, right? And that did all kind of culminate in the Dark Tower. So this it makes sense, but at the same time, I don't need another cinematic universe, guys. No. No, and I think that's actually something uh, we'll we'll talk about a little bit when when we finally get to Atomic Blonde. Is it's really just nice to have a standalone movie. It's refreshing. It really, really is. And I'm stoked for the Dark Tower because I love Idris. McConaughey looks like he's having a good time, mm-hmm. and it's it's a different thing. Right. It seems like. So we'll see. I, I, we're, we're that planning, could be. We're tentatively planning on going to see that one. But, um, and it sucks because if you didn't have like every other fucking movies in a cinematic universe, I'd be totally down for a Stephen King cinematic universe. Yeah. So, what is like it supposed to be a part of that? I think so. Really? Um, I, I mean, that, See, I have, that and, is again, very speculative. I didn't, I, I actually was kind of mad at myself. I even read uh, as much of that post as I did. So, it could be completely off base i mean was this just speculative i think it was based off 
an interview. Okay. Where evidently whoever they were interviewing was just very focused on the king averse, if you will. And so they were like I'm squinting really hard right now. You guys can't see that. Yeah. But it's yeah. So my face is just contorted into two just very tight slits. So um I'm just their their concern was like, well, we hope this isn't like just all build we hope it, there's a good movie in here too so but well we saw with it's the mummy, 95 minutes well that is just like a so it's God already sense. got it's already at least a beat right but no and we saw that with the mummy you can't come in and with D- the dc movies to a lesser extent you cannot come into something and just be like oh yeah we're just gonna set up a cinematic universe right it's like the power rangers oh we've got like seven movies planned mm, don't matter Right. No, who gives a fuck? Why you? Why are you wasting all this time? It's one thing to be optimistic and think in, in forward thinking. Well, I think there's certain things, you know, you can kind of tell like what, how the audience is gonna react. But honestly, who the fuck knows anymore? Right. But I I don't know. I think it's a shame because I do think that. I'm not going to call it what you called it, but a universe revolving around Stephen King's collective body of work could be very could be good. Could yeah. be good, could be interesting. But if you're using one movie to kind of... We, we saw how that worked out with Batman v Superman, right. I think, Dawn of Justice. I, I think with, if you're going to do that with Stephen King, you almost have to take the Bioshock approach. Well, that's kind of from, and again, I haven't read all of the Dark Tower books. I read the first one a very long time ago. I actually wanted to kind of grab a couple and might try and tackle them because the first couple aren't long. They're pretty, like the Gunslinger, the first one is maybe 200 pages. Oh, wow. Pretty short. Hmm. Um, and then I want to say I have the No wonder he wrote so many books. <laughs> Stand is like crazy fucking long. But um, you don't have to read the last like 100 pages, though, because Stephen King doesn't know how to write endings. Um, who does though? Eh. I I can understand that. Oh, you're you've written this like fifteen hundred page like epic whatever, but the ending of the stand is really stupid. <laughs> and now I'm. I mean, we can save All right. George R. R. Martin yeah. talk for tomorrow. But all right. So moving on from Dark Tower, the next one we saw. Was Ready Player One? It's a bad trailer. Well, and the one thing I actually told you to write this down. I have it down. But I remember it. What did it fucking say? Cinematic game changer. Okay. Okay. Let's let's dive into this. It's Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Steven Spielberg is directing this movie. I know what Steven Spielberg has done. I understand that Steven Spielberg, you probably could call him a cinematic game changer without a trace of irony but fuck you ready player one how about you go fuck yourself right i felt the same way when i saw the watchman trailer when i called Zack snyder a visionary director let's ah. let's pump the brake just a titch guys yeah, just a bit just a titch i don't know I just it's like okay there's deloreans and we've got the tron light cycles i think i saw freddy krueger the Iron Giant is there for some reason. It's it's like, okay, is this just... 
when you've read it, right? The book has a lot of pop culture references. It's kind of built around that stuff. Right. But the story's pretty solid, too. So it wasn't just, you know, oh, hey, you know, let's just throw a bunch of pop culture references at the fucking wall and see what sticks. Sure. I liked it. I thought it was interesting. I'm a little, like, mad that the fucking main character isn't a fat ass like he was in the books. Or the book, if memory serves, but that's not surprising. But sex appeal, Erica. He's not, you know. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll probably end up seeing it. I don't know when it's coming out. Is it summer next year? It's a 2018. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, a a Steven Spielberg movie isn't going to not come out either over the summer or maybe it's Christmas next year. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be one of the big periods. I wasn't impressed by the trailer. I thought it was kind of garbage. And that game changing, like, yeah. That was really kind of annoying. Cinematic game changer, like. The guy did Jaws. The guy did fucking, like, Schindler's List. The guy did... Yeah. I'm aware... Jurassic Park. I'm aware of, like, this... Yeah. Yeah. He also did Animaniacs, which is the greatest show of all time. But I'm aware of the fucking Spielberg credentials. Do you you think there is kind of concern over at Amblin, though, that... His name recognition may be dropping. No, he's Steven fucking Spielberg. But what about among millennials? Younger millennials. I was going to say, we're millennials. Yeah, but we're old. We're like... The elder statesmen of the millennials? Right. (laughs) No, because think about it. Think of people who were born after Jurassic Park came out. Uh, You know, I I just wonder, because all the movies you listed of Stephen King... Stephen King? Stephen King. Uh, Steven Spielberg. Off I'm the not, top. Off, I'm, I'm not editing that out either. Off the top of your head, they were all 90s and before. Well, here. One second here. I know he's done good movies since, but his iconic ones, I think, may, I think. Let's see. In the last, like, 10 or so years, let's see what Mr. Spielberg has done. Well, it's hard because I'm sure it lists all the movies he produced as well. It does, it does. But that first thing is okay. King with the Crystal Skull, not starting out very well, Steve. <laughs> the Adventures of Tintin, which I didn't see. War Horse, Lincoln, Bridge of Spies, the BFG, the Papers, which is coming out this year. I mean, I guess that's a fair point then, Bob. Indiana Jones Five. Oh yeah, they got to do another one. But they didn't make a fourth one. How I know. do you jump from three to five? It makes it's. It was like when Windows went from eight to ten. Okay, so point taken. Yeah, you're you're lacking a lot of the panache of the old days. So, but I- isn't calling yourself though? I mean, he's not calling himself that. But from saying from cinematic game changer. Don't you think most people that are, like, younger than us are looking at that going, well, fuck that guy? Well, that's what I would think. I I know who Steven Spielberg is. I respect his work. I love a lot of his work. And I was even like, fuck that guy. Right. I don't know. It's... That was a weird, very weird thing. Bad trailer. Go read the book. Book was pretty solid. 
Next, we had the snowman with uh, that was with the fast bender, the fast wasn't bender. it? And J.K. Simmons doing a British accent. That is exactly what he was doing. I mean, it's J.K. Simmons; he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Homie's got an Oscar now, but what did he get an Oscar for? Uh, Whiplash. Oh, I didn't see it. Uh, Supposed to be really good. No, but that J.K. Simmons voice is just so iconic. It's like, why would you have him do anything else? Come on. Hey, if he's going to do a British accent and start screaming about lemons, I'm cool with that. I, Burn your house down I, with I'm, the lemons. I just don't know about this movie. If anything, because Michael Fassbender has not been making a terribly large number of good decisions as far as roles to take. Um, it's not to say it couldn't be good. I don't know. I feel like if a serial killer movie isn't being directed by David Fincher, I don't really care. Sure. And maybe that's like, you know, a weak thing to say, but meh. After that, we had Darkest Hour. That was the Churchill one, right? Right. Because we need more World War II stuff. I, I think a movie from the perspective of Churchill could be interesting, though. I'm sure it'll be a great movie. That's also Goldman going for the Oscar, though. That's exactly oh, yeah. what that movie yeah. is. He said he wants it. Oh, yeah. Did he? Did he really? No, I don't know. I was going to say, I don't think he really fucking cares, but it's hard to see uh, a beloved character actor doing a role like that. It reminds me of when uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman did Capote. Yeah. Great movie. Oh, wonderful movie. I also skipped uh, class to go see that. Um, and then our last movie, our last trailer we had was A Bad Mom's Christmas. And let's just not even talk about that. No, we shouldn't. Let's move on. Yeah. To our feature. So we're screeching out of the trailer park uh, and uh, pulling into the main event. We went and saw Atomic Blonde this evening. I have a couple questions for you, first of all. Okay. What was your thoughts on the use of licensed music? Drove me insane. Did it really? Uh, they had a very good selection of licensed was, music. I mean, some of them were like, whenever you use ninety nine Luft balloons, it's like, mm, I, I love that song and it's great, but no, the uh, I I think I think they picked good songs, but the sound editing in this movie had some problems. I felt. Uh, I thought the cinematography was fantastic. It was a gorgeous looking movie. And the choreography for oh, the, the fight the scenes fight was scenes great. Were outstanding. But I thought I thought that the way the music cut in and out in certain places was very jarring. Um and in some places it made sense and it worked. In other places They do a lot of this is non-diegetic music, and then it slips into diegetic music, and then it slips back out to non-diegetic. It's, yeah. Right. It, it was kind of, I wasn't crazy about it. I think once you started getting a little further into the movie, that the... The first couple times they did it, because they do it like three times right in a row, Right. it was a little like... Okay, guys. Yeah, I think as they got further into the movie, the visual editing and the sound editing started to mesh better, um, and it, it really 
felt more cohesive. Uh, but as far as the music that they did pick, it was good. Well, good for the 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 time period they were at because we we're based right around what is it nineteen or eighty nine eighty nine, uh, right around the time of the fall of the uh, Berlin Wall, right. Which I don't know if I was just not paying attention into the trailers, but I, it kind of went over my head that that was the time period. I don't think the trailers really showed that. Okay, so I don't was... feel as bad now. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't get that. Like, because when they started, um, when they kind of went that way, I was like, oh, oh, okay, interesting. I, I love a good, like, action movie set in a specific time and place. Yes. But... It was, uh, I mean, overall, a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Well, good what did movie. we both say when we were driving home? Fucking John Wick. Well, it's and, John Wick as a spy thriller. Yeah, <laughs> with the chick. <laughs> and I mean, you can put Charlie's in anything. And oh, after Fury Road, hell yeah. But I mean, what you discovered? Well, it was funny because we were we were sitting in the car, getting ready to come home, and you had started looking on your phone, and we had we didn't say it, but we had both had the thought in the theater. Oh, yeah, this is John Wick. Very reminiscent of John Wick, which we've seen a lot. Yes. <laughs> and then you discovered that the this director... This is directed by one of the guys who did John Wick. Right. Um, He didn't direct the second one. I think he may have left to have done this. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I really liked, though, was that Keanu and Charlize were both training for these movies at the same time, mm -hmm. and they would, like, spar with each other and, like, compete with each other. That's awesome. Which makes me super happy, and I need to see video of it immediately. <laughs> um, but no, it, there's a very... I mean, I, I would say the action is a little different from John Wick. It it's is. It's pretty similar. It's much more focused on hand-to-hand -hand combat. Yeah, not a lot of uh, gung... The, the gunplay, um, which I appreciated. I like it when it's like right up in there. Yeah, and she wasn't, she's not nearly as accurate as John Wick is. Uh, well, John Wick is like a master assassin. Right. With a little different skill set, you know? Right. Well, it, it just, it kind of helps differentiate him out, in a, you know, uh, where, you know, you can definitely tell the stylistic influences and like, it's cool when you're in a movie and like you see something and you're like, ah, that reminds me of this other movie, and it turns out to be true. Oh, it's like if you like suddenly flip the TV on and you realize you're in the middle of a Wes Anderson movie. Right. It's very, very easy to tell when you're in a Wes Anderson movie. Exactly. Um. So how do we kind of want to tack? I really want to talk about the that fight scene that I mentioned. Uh, spoilers ahoy, obviously, folks. I mean, we're what like twenty, over twenty minutes into the podcast. You know this already. Yeah, you should. I mean, if not, well, I don't think we've said anything spoilery yet. I'm just saying, pay the fuck attention. Uh, and if you just want to know if you should go see it, go see it. Go see the movie. It's a great movie. Um entertaining i mean it's 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 a pretty i don't know if i'd say by the numbers spy flick but when i turned to you and said and i'd seen a couple of people on twitter say this it's a james bond movie but with a chick yeah and it's outstanding yeah 
Yeah, it was. It's exactly what it was, and paint by the numbers, maybe a little bit. A like little it's bit. It's typical spy shit. Yeah, I mean there was there was nothing about it that was like, you know, from a straight story perspective that was like groundbreaking, but it was enjoyable. Well, and here's the thing. I I, I think I've said this on this podcast before, where it's just. You can tell, like, there are no new stories to tell. Every story has been told right. a thousand different ways. What interests me is the way you tell me the story. Mm-hmm. What are the characters like? What is the setting like? What's the cinematography like? You know, what's, you know, that's what, what what's the editing like? What's the fighting choreography like? That's the shit that interests me. Right. So, so why don't we go to that tower fight? I I know they were going for that one one take feel, mm-hmm. but that was not a one take. Oh no no no! There's plenty of spots you could kind of tell where something would fly in front of the camera, where it's like okay, that's where we're gonna mask our cut. Right. Because I know that Charlize did a lot of her own stunts, but they're not throwing her around that way. No. No 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 no. 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 Uh, yeah, it, it was that that scene actually reminded me a lot of the Daredevil uh, hallway scene. No, actually, uh, the I old mean, old boy hallway scene. What? What did you say that again? The old boy hallway scene. So we're going to move on from that. God, I hate you so much. Have you not seen Old Boy? What is Old Boy? Oh my God, you're the worst. Is that a, is it a movie? Just move on. Let's move on. <laughs> I do a movie podcast, but I've seen no movies. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, no, it reminded me a lot of that uh, first scene from what was that Skyfall what was the last James Bond movie oh um had the octopus fucking the lady in the opening credits Spectre there you go yeah uh probably the lesser of the newer Bonds yeah I I wasn't really crazy about Quantum of Solace either but we can't all be Casino Royale it's fair uh yeah no it, it was very reminiscent of that in yeah, I could kind of from see the that. cup perspective, where they're trying to do like give you that all one take kind of like feel, right? But there's definitely spots where you can tell where they, they can mask a cut. Exactly. Uh, so, because you know that hallway fight in Daredevil, that was just one cut, I believe, or one scene. That was one take. Yeah, yes. there's the word. Because they don't. There's not any any way for them to mask the cuts there. That was all just one one take. Right. And that... I didn't really need to watch anything of Daredevil after that because that was amazing. That was one of the high points of that first season. Yes. Uh, I don't think I got past episode six. Yeah, you just kind of stopped watching. Vincent yeah. D'Onofrio's outstanding in that show. Yeah, I know. And Everything I, else is just kind of... It, eh. It's fine. It's a fine show. And I still haven't seen uh, any of season two, but Vincent D'Onofrio is definitely worth going back to the show for. The final fight in the first season between him and Daredevil is a little, like, 
anticlimactic, I would say. Yeah. But he's he's outstanding. He's a villain with great motivation. And I, I think we spoke about that um, during the Spider-Man Homecoming episode. That's That really elevates your uh, piece of media when I, I, you know, you end up caring about the villain's motivation. Though I cheer for heels, so I mean. And I watch Dragon Ball and think that Vegeta should be the main character, but, you know, whatever. That, whatever. That's my struggle. Uh, so, did you have other comments about that hallway scene? Oh, I just absolutely loved it. I thought it was outstanding top to bottom. Yeah. yeah. It, was very, it was a lot of fun. I thought that that whole sequence where she's trying to save... From where they leave, where she's trying to deliver her package, which is the dude, uh, until they end up in the river. It's outstanding. Yeah. It's very good. Uh, I thought that was... Uh, it kind of like fucked with the result or the end of... Uh, the end of the how the story ended up playing out though because he would have had the information that she ultimately didn't want MI6 to see but then James McAvoy was actually trying to kill him I mean she probably could have found a way to I mean it, it's also one of those like it's a spy movie yeah, something's not giant plot holes, right? Right, and it's like it's one of those things that like I'm thinking about it now, and I'm like, wait, there's a there's some stupid bullshit in the movie that never really took me out of the movie. No, I, d while we were watching it, I absolutely didn't bother me. I at all. will say though that it had the multiple ending syndrome. Yes, a little bit, a little bit, because I understand why they they had to do that. You know, have that ultimate reveal that she was actually uh, an American agent. But it was like, okay, she finished telling her story to MI6. We should just end on that shot of her in their, like, the reflective table smoking a cigarette asking about the queen. Right. No, but then we cut to three days later in Paris. And I was like, oh, we're going to do this? Oh, that would have been great. And I got why they did it. But. Yeah. I mean, they felt they had to clean up the loose ends with the Russian dude. Or the, the German dude. And I had actually completely forgotten about him. And I was like, oh, okay, I can do another, like, slow-mo badass action sequence. That's fine. I'm, I'm into that, but... That that scene was much more John Wick. That was very John Wick. You know what I do appreciate, though, about these guys? And I don't, I'm pretty sure they do it in John Wick as well. But when they shoot somebody in the head, you, you, all, you also see the brains in addition to the blood. Because I hate it when it's just blood. I was like, that's not the way that works, guys. And when you see somebody with the shots, it's not just the little, like, made-for-TV hole. No, your face is, like, caved the fuck in. Right. Realism. I suppose. I've never seen somebody that got shot in the face before. I haven't either. What? Winner? <laughs> <laughs> no, so, uh... So, yeah. The, the ending was a little... It's the multiple ending thing. Yeah. It's a spy movie. You got to tie it all up. And it was kind of cool that I was like, oh, she's like a triple agent working for the Americans. I th it would have just been so cool to end it, though, with she's she's the real bad guy. I mean, that would have been kind of rad, too, because then that opens up 
a whole host because you're getting a sequel to this. There's no way you're not getting a sequel to this. I thought the theater was pretty crowded, more crowded than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, for a rated R movie. Um, not based on. I mean, it's based on a graphic novel called "What Was It? The Coldest City." I wanted sure. to say, yeah, and that I actually might like pick that up and check it out, but um, yeah, usually uh, like a new property, kind of the end of the summer. It's yeah, I thought the theater was pretty pretty crowded. Yeah, it was. And more badass, like, action chick movies. I'm into that. I I hope they're getting the message that it will still sell. You know? You've got to put the right actress in the role. um, And you need to add a few more beyond Charlize Theron. Do we, though? No, you don't. But it would be nice to. Because <laughs> unfortunately, you've uh, you've kind of neutered Scarlett Johansson a little bit in, in the Avengers movies. So Yeah, but she could still do it. She they're could doing, do it. What did they do, that Lucy movie? I think they're doing a sequel to that bullshit. I mean, Ghost in the Shell was a fucking disaster, from what I heard. Yeah. Um, no, I think there's the potential for her to... I think she can do it, but they've got to actually let her shine and let her actually be... Well, in those events, she needs to be in her own movie then. Right. Marvel. No, I thought Gal Gadot did an amazing job in Wonder Woman. As yes. a badass action chick, too. Mm-hmm. No, and we will be re-recording a Wonder Woman podcast in the future, folks. That's uh, definitely something on our radar. We did one, and the fucking computer ate the shit out of it. So the rage. I was very angry. The rage. I was really, really angry. That was a good discussion. It was, and I'm sad we lost it. As am I. Uh, now we make copies. Yes. Always back up your work, kids. Well, in, in this case... The backing up was actually part of the problem because we we backed up to our cloud service and it the the corrupted file overwrote the original file and we couldn't recover the original file anymore. Super annoying. But whatever. <sighs> James McAvoy. Obviously the bad guy from pretty early on, I thought. He was, but then he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's kind of true. Right, because, I mean, they they definitely wanted you to think he was. Right, 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 right. And then, you know, because obviously he, he finds out that she's act, she's the, what was it? Satchel. Satchel. Uh, and he doesn't know that she's actually an American agent, so he thinks she's a KGB agent. But he was also speaking to the the Germans. He was. So he was still... The, he had a game going. Right. He had know. kind of a racket going there. He looked like he was having a good time, though. Oh, yeah. Especially that first part of the movie. Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah. Like, let's just go for this shit. But he's been playing Xavier for a while, and he's just kind of like... Can I let loose a little bit here? Can I just have fun with a movie? 
Well, and I think, you know, now that he's got, because it's not like he wasn't doing stuff before X-Men, but, you know, obviously your Xavier, that raises your profile. Well, that's your, like, kid's college money there. That's, like, the, right. the generational wealth when you do, like, those movies. So now, you know, that really gives him the opportunity to do a lot more. So, right. good for him. He was good. Uh, John Goodman. John Goodman's always a joy. Is a national hero. He really is. Toby Jones is a good time, too, though. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, throw him in anything. He's always real... Uh, that real solid character actor performance for you. Mm-hmm. No, I thought the interview scenes were good. Uh, who is C? I don't know who that is. I, at first, I thought for sure they were going to, like, show it It was well, somebody. Well, I'm just trying to remember from, you know, like the 29 million... James Bond movies. Because you know M, mm-hmm. but who is C? I, n- I don't recall hearing C I don't before. think there's a C, no. In the movie, that's James Faulkner. Don't know. He's done other stuff. He sounds familiar. He's also done... He's been working for a while. Uh... He was an X-Men first class. He was a Swiss Can't bank manager. Uh, what was that? You're, you're oh, was trail. I leaning away? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, he looks like he's done a lot of kind of like character actor work. And then some TV. Oh, he's Randall Tarley on Game of Thrones. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Very cool. Oh, I guess C is the chief of MI6. It all ties together. Oh, he did a voice in uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. Good for him. Oh, Randall Tarly, you you're gonna die. <laughs> He's such a prick. Oh, a glorious prick. Does he die tomorrow? He dies soon. Yes. Tune in to Beyond the Red Waste Cross Monday morning. Brand Synergy. <laughs> so Lady Mummy was also in this movie. Lady Mummy. It's nice that she's in a good movie this year. Yes. Uh, and for the folks who saw Star Trek Beyond, she was Kayla... Or Jay, whatever. Was that this year or last year? That was last year. She was a white alien. Uh, She was good in this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, as the kind of out of her depth, like, newbie French agent. Yeah. Uh, When she was, like, bopping around her apartment with headphones on, it's like, come on. Come on. Well, because at first in the movie, I was like, okay, we're doing a really good job of not overly sexualizing Charlize. Uh, you see her tits, but it's not like it's not like a Michael Bay shot where we would be like hovering over them for like 15 seconds. No, it's very it, it never felt like you were ogling her at all. Right. Except when she's like in her lingerie and she starts putting the wire on. I was like, guys, we, we avoided doing this. 
we were so good at avoiding this. And then when uh, the French agent gets uh, ganked by McElvoy, that was a fun scene, though. I mean, I was like, really? She has to be in her like, fucking lingerie? Like, are you fucking kidding me? But um, I love when she gets him in the back with, like, what is it? Like, ice pick or a knife or something? Yeah. And then there's just that little moment of him banging against the door and driving the knife in deeper. <laughs> That, that like was... little attention to detail right. is outstanding. I I appreciated that he bothered to put the mask on as if it would be know, right? anyone else, <laughs> right? Like maybe she won't know. <laughs> oh man. Cuz I, I think at the beginning of the movie it's kind of hard to get a peg on McAvoy's character. You know, it's well. And in a spy movie, it's you're you're going in expecting everything to not be what it seems, right? Especially when a movie at the beginning explicitly tells you to trust no one. Okay, right. let's Stone Cold Steve Austin this. Uh, so it is a little hard to get kind of like. Well, the way we're introduced to him, he's you know. He is doing a bit of the spy game thing where he's getting that information from, uh, what was it, the Eastern uh, Berliner. Right. But he's also, like, all a part of this, like, underground thing. And they kind of say, yeah, he's totally gone native. And uh, they show him with, like, the stockpile of, like, DoorDash jeans and all this, like, Jack Daniels. And it's clear that he's kind of playing both sides and making a decent amount of money for himself. Is DoorDash still in business? I mean, they were at least a couple years ago because they sponsored Andy Samberg in Seven Days in Hell. Uh, I wish I could remember his character's name. That would be much funnier to reference. It would have been. That's all right. What are you going to do? Settle it in. Like a really obvious, like, <laughs> insert name here. Like, it's completely <laughs> different volume. <laughs> no, that's all right. I don't try to hide my failings from the dozens. I wonder, I wonder how much Jack Daniels paid for that. A fair amount. There were a few. Like there was a very prominent, a couple times, yeah. A very prominently placed Jameson bottle in there too, where like the scene is really, really dark, but you see that Jameson label like shining through the darkness. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Story Schneier. That didn't bother me too much it wasn't no. anything like uh when we saw transformers and they have that like stop the movie here's the bud light money shot no I, product placement doesn't bother me as long as it's no, not when it's kind of egregious. integrated in and it's like okay whatever i mean i get it it's it's a necessary evil but also uh i i really don't know what the problem was that all the east germans had Evidently, crossing the wall was no problem. Right. It's like, guys, you just got to go in the sewers. The giant sewers. <laughs> this is, like, easy. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Uh, what else? Who else? Uh, what haven't we, what haven't we covered? We didn't really talk about a lot at the beginning. But no, because it's a movie that kind of takes a minute to kind of ramp. You know, you get your kind right. of introduction to all the characters. Um, I liked her kind of um, like the network of like the 
I, I don't know if you could call them kids, but the folks who were like doing the papers for her and getting the face pa- the false passports and all that. Right. That was kind of enjoyable. That was a very like John Wickian sort of like. There's just these people in the world that exist to kind of assist you, like the watchmaker too. You know. Speaking of John Wick. Since we brought it up. I hear there's going to be a TV series based on that world. I think we talked about that a while ago. I think we did. But yeah, I think based... I'd rather see that as a comic than a I TV don't know. series. I think you could do a really good TV. What's well, the con- the Continental? That the Continental. Be based around. Yeah. Right. Sorry, got distracted no, by John I'm total- Wick. No, I'm I'm into that. No. TV show. Like but make sure it's not on... Put it on Netflix. It couldn't be on network TV, because it's... Put it on Netflix or HBO. Yeah. <laughs> or one of those channels, or whatever. Um. No, yeah, action's great in this. There was something at one point in the show that was like, oh, this is Stranger Things. And it wasn't just that it was 80s music. But I can't remember what it was now. Telling you, we gotta bring notepads. I mean, we probably should. Uh, I don't know. I didn't get any aside from the the eightiesness of it all. Right. I didn't really get a Stranger Things vibe from anything. I can't. No, I, I'm never it's gonna gone. think of it. Lost. It's it's lost. Lost to the ages. Maybe I I'm just really looking forward to Stranger Things. I mean, I don't see how you wouldn't be looking forward to Stranger Things season two. Unless you're a monster and you didn't watch season one because you couldn't get into it after episode one. Whoever could you be referring to? I don't know. He doesn't listen to the podcast. I'm sure he doesn't. I'm not sure he knows what a podcast is. He's a bad millennial. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I go into a movie like this not really caring, and this probably sounds dumb because we harp on plot so much and other things, but this is the kind of movie where I can go in, I can kind of turn the old brain off. Yep. Fine, there's like this scaffolding of a plot around stuff. I don't really care that much. To me, that's just kind of window dressing. I'm I'm here for like the fight choreography and right. the action. That's more... What's kind of interesting me? Well, and, and there there really is a dichotomy in movies between you know movies where the plot needs to make sense and it's very very much plot driven versus dumb action movie, and it it's it's very hard to put uh my thumb on it and like be like oh this is what it is well where's that like where where does it step over the line from being like a fast and the furious to being a transformers right well Though i got a kick out of the last transformers movie i i see our our cast for bob's feelings but well because because there are different because there's because for because then you got like, this is, like, a good action movie. No, it is. It is. And I'm, it's not that the plot is completely unintelligible. It's just kind of... Ancillary. Right. Like, the satchel but, stuff, I thought, got a little bit muddled in the middle. Right. It did. But there, and it's a spy movie, so it's kind of supposed to be. 
But at the same time, again, it's like, I'm not here for the plot. I want right. to see Charlize, like, beating the shit out of people. Yeah. Well, because you got something like, this is a good action movie. Then you have bad action movies that are still fun, which would be, like... Fast and the Furious. Fast and the Furious. Okay. Maybe the bulk of action movies made in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> Those aren't bad movies. Those are classics, Bob. And then you've got just train wrecks. So I mean, it's different because it's it, it is hard to be like to shit on movies all the time, and then people, are like, yeah, but you said this kind of didn't make sense. Talking about the same person again, but no, and it's like I I will fully acknowledge that. There are movies that I will defend till the death that are garbage. Right. See Legend or Waterworld. Waterworld is not a good movie. I don't understand Waterworld. What's not to understand? Well, it's a world filled with water. Your fascination. And with Kevin it. Costner pees in a cup and then drinks it. What's what's not to understand? They have to get to dry land. There is no dry land. But there is. It's Mount Everest. I don't think I've actually seen the end of the movie, <laughs> to be fair. Monster. <laughs> Thanks and, for ruining it. Yeah, no problem. And Dennis Hopper's there just, I don't know if he's having a good time, but it certainly seems like he is. Um, oh, that fucking movie. I haven't watched that movie in a while. I don't know if we have it anymore. I'm sure it's on Netflix. I don't know, Kevin Costner is not a good actor, but, like, the movies just kind of happen around him. It's the same with uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Though that's fucking uh, Alan Rickman's movie. Yes. They asked him, like, six times to do that shit, and he was like, only if I get to do exactly, like, I don't want any direction, and just let me do what I want to fucking do. And he's having a fucking gas in that movie. Why a spoon? Relax. It's dull, you twit. It'll hurt more. <laughs> oh. oh, be still my heart. Um. No, yeah, so I think this is just another uh, example of these, those John Wick guys, because like we said earlier, I think it's David, uh, David Leach, Lech, something like that. I can't pronounce the last names. Uh, he was one of the co-directors of the first John Wick. And yeah. he, uh, I believe, left the second one to direct this. And we also found out uh, via Wikipedia a little earlier that he's actually directing the second Deadpool movie. Which is like, uh, yes, please. Yay. All sorts of ridiculous uh, action. I'm all in on that. That's actually coming out summer next year. Is it? Yeah. Oh, not in the middle of February? I think on Valentine's Day, if memory serves. It was. It no, was. yeah, we're going to get a, like, a proper like summer release, and they're going to give it a fucking budget this time, and it's going to be rad as shit. That, that, that movie had the best marketing oh, yeah. of all time. Because they didn't care. They were just like, you know what, we're having a good time. Whatevs. How many of the things Ryan Reynolds did to promote that movie did the, did the studio even know about? Oh, they didn't know about any of it. He was like, I'm going to steal a suit, and I'm just going to do all this promotional work. 
Um, so would you sit through Atomic Blonde again? Yeah, I'd watch it again. This feels like uh, we're not doing anything on a Saturday. Yeah, pick it up. Why not? Yeah. Kind of like what we should have done with the fucking Crank movies. Why did we not buy those? I don't know. I was thinking about the Crank movies just a few minutes ago. Oh, God. When when are we getting Crank 3 with The Rock? The Rockening? (laughs) Like... They they should not be able to do movies without each other now. Right. It's like in their like contracts, like they have to do them together. And the world will be a better place for it. Yes. But no, yeah, I definitely watched Atomic Blonde again. I had a really good time with this one. It was a lot of fun. Uh, a little ridiculous, but I mean, isn't that what you want out of your big dumb action movies? Right. Especially later in the summer. I've seen all the tent poles. I don't, I don't care you know, about the other stuff. And especially considering the political climate in this country at the moment it was nice Bob, we got so close i i'm not i'm not we commenting were so close i'm not commenting on current political affairs they suck oh commented. i am just saying it was really nice to have a movie where there wasn't really a political message at all I'm sorry. I was just fantasizing about uh, Charlize uh, beating the shit out of everyone. Someone. It was the color orange. <laughs> I'm a bad American. Sorry, guys. No, but it was like there's no talk. It's not about climate change. It's not about it. Well, anything. and it's not only that. It's like there's no message to infer either. No. You know? Not at all. Other than Americans are deceitful bastards. Yeah, we're the fucking worst. But <laughs> no, yeah, it was nice to just kind of like, like you said, just go in and have a good fucking time at the movies. Right. And not have to worry. And they didn't have the fucking, and I'm sure an inconvenient sequel is a very informative very interesting movie, but when they fucking hit us with that trailer before, what was that, Transformers? Right. I wanted to stab myself in the throat. Well, and, you know, my problem with what a lot of, with, with how Hollywood kind of treats this is it's not that I don't want you to make politically charged art. I certainly do, but every now and then we you just need a need break. To turn it off. We need a break. And the movies are great for that. Well, and I'm, I'm usually fine with it. It doesn't bother me that much. It's when it's done in kind of a ham-fisted, like... You mean like anything Sean Penn does? Does he still do stuff? No, didn't he get in trouble for something? He's kind of a fucking monster, isn't he? Well, he's a horrible human being. Right. He's a movie star, so it's okay. Yeah. So, yeah. On that happy note. Great. A lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, good time at the old uh, movie house. Definitely recommend. Uh, it'd be good for like a Sunday afternoon, you know. You're kind of, it's really hot outside. You just kind of want to go chill at the movies for a little while. I would definitely, definitely uh, recommend uh, checking this one out. Agreed. So, uh, programming note. We will be coming to you uh, Monday morning if we can get this up tomorrow so god only knows when you're listening to this but we are still in the midst of the uh, game of thrones season 
So we will be doing a uh, episode for the uh, next episode of that. Yep. Which will air the uh, Monday after uh, the show airs. Mm-hmm. We'd like to get that one up nice and right quick for you. We also have, uh, and that's Beyond the Red Waste. It'd probably be helpful if I said the name of the fucking show. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I know we said it earlier, but it'd be helpful if I actually, you know, did You're that. You're promoting Sam's podcast, but then our other podcasts are like, Cross-brand synergy, mm. Bob. But yes, uh, uh, speaking of Sam's podcast, Improvised Weapons updates every Wednesday. I believe they're in the throes of their second arc, mm-hmm. if memory serves. And then there's also, uh, what, what do we kind of have on the docket coming up next? I know we mentioned Dark Tower. I think I'd really like to do Dark Tower, so long as we can wiggle it in. I know. Squeeze it in. I know. Yeah, it's. Uh, we'll, we'll see if we can't get to the theater to, to go check that one out. There's a fair amount of other stuff out that we, we do want to go see. So we're kind of, our schedule's a little up in the air in regards to that right now, but... Uh, Dark Tower is definitely on the old. Uh, it's on the eye line. It's on the horizon, right. and it's Idris. Hi, Idris. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're gonna leave you guys there. Uh, please enjoy the sultry sounds of our new theme song, "Mining by Moonlight" by Kevin McLeod. Go check out all of his stuff over at incomptech.com. He's got a lot of great royalty-free music to check out. He does a lot of the music for, uh, or we, I shouldn't say he does a lot of the music. We use his music for the um, Puma Knife brand of podcasts. So we are going to leave you with that. Enjoy the outro, and we will see you next time after the movie. Bye. This has been a Puma Knife production.